HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts. And that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking, I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality. Ancestral agave syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure agua miel from Salmiana agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead which would be a crime because Ancestral Agave Syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner. So don't build a homepage from one of several easy to use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup today. Our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition Agave Superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land, make better drinks, and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave Syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good. Ba-da-ba-da. 
I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Ryan Acock, the Cocktail MD. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gags, bartenders, better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. But today, instead of any of those things, I want to talk with you about maraschino cherries. So I know maraschino cherries are, are very popular in cocktails like the last word, or even you find them on banana splits with ice cream. Are maraschino cherries something? Yeah, that's actually where you have. Oh, is that what this came from? That's what I was. I was, yeah. was going to uh, ask yeah. you if you're I, mixing it with mezcal. No, 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 no. I, in fact, you know, every once in a while I'll have, uh, is it a um, an old-fashioned that has them in them? You can, yes. So you can do an old-fashioned with either an orange peel or a maraschino cherry, or Manhattans are more popular with maraschino cherries. Yeah, but like really when I think of those cherries, my head goes to uh, to, to Sundays. Um, but, I'm, you, know, like, you know, this is not all oh, where I want to go with the episode, and I'm guessing you don't know the answer to this, but... Why the hell aren't we just using fresh cherries in cocktails and in any idea in, in, on Sundays? Well, I, so you can. Absolutely, you can. The couple of things. One is that fresh cherries are not going to last that long. And so a lot of uh, bars want to use the maraschinos because they're essentially a preservative. And then oh, number and, two is you get that kind of sauce that comes off of a cocktail cherry, which is uh-huh. quite delicious. And so if you've got that kind of sauce that's just dripping into your ice cream or that's in your last word cocktail that you're that you're biting that cherry off of your toothpick like that actually is quite delicious and so personally i hate cherries just regular plain fresh cherries cannot stand them but cocktail cherries quite good when it's at the end of my last word so that means that you just really like sugar is what it comes down probably to. so maybe i just like all the additives <laughs> and, and the the cherry is the vessel that carries that additive so okay so then to get back on track you know what what i've been told is that those not all of them like i know there are fancy nice ones yes. um, but that the ones that are um just full of chemicals and dyes and everything that those will live in your stomach for seven years yeah, so when I was a kid, I used to be told, don't swallow bubble gum because that'll live in your stomach for seven years. There's no truth to any of that. Your stomach is going to crush up and pass on within about an hour or two anything that you eat. So uh, you're not going to get something stuck in your stomach for seven years. Uh, okay, okay. I Like, I hear that. Not seven years, but you're saying literally an hour or two, Max? Yeah. Yeah, your stomach's pretty good because all your stomach's going to do is just crush food, add some hydrochloric acid, and then pass it on to the small intestine. Most of the absorption of nutrients or if really anything that you eat, most of that comes from the small intestine. The stomach has very little role in that. Oh, 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 okay, hang on. But it could live in your small intestine for seven years? Oh, no, it won't do that either. The Your transit time, so that's from the time that you eat something to the time that you poop it out. In the United States, is going to be around 48 hours. Now, if you eat a lot of fiber, you might get that number down to 24 hours. But no, there's nothing that's going to hang around in your small intestine that's a food substance. There's nothing that's going to hang around for anything longer than that. Now, I mentioned not a food substance. So there are ways that you can get something to hang around longer that medically you want them to. Oh, and so an example would be there is a weight loss product out there, and I've never seen anybody with this, but, but it does exist, where a gastroenterologist can, can take an uh, endoscope, which is a tiny little camera, goes down into your stomach, and then inflates a balloon and lets that balloon sit in your stomach for weeks at a time. And so now that you've got something in your stomach, you just don't feel hungry, and so now you don't want to eat much. And then as you start to lose weight, then the gastroenterologist comes back and pops the balloon. And so that is a, a rather extreme way to lose weight, but it does exist. So there are 
So like I said, there are ways to keep something in your stomach or your small intestine for a longer period of time, but from the food that you eat, not really. It's going to be in there for a couple hours at most for the stomach and then a couple days at most for the intestines. Oh, that's really interesting. So why do you think... Uh, like, why do you think your parents said, don't swallow bubble gum? It'll be in your stomach specifically for seven years. And that somebody said to me when I was a kid, like maraschino cherry, seven years, was this people who were just feeding us uh, nonsense because they were lobbying against bubble gum and maraschino <laughs> cherries? Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe there's part of uh, trying to get kids not to eat so much sugar. But the other thing is maraschino cherries are preservatives. So you've got things like Saltwater brine is added to some. Some manufacturers will use that. Others will do things like sulfur dioxide, and so we'll add that to a maraschino cherry. So now you've got preservatives in there, and so the thought is, could that preservative keep it hanging around in your intestines for a longer period of time? I think that's where that rumor came from. Oh, that would make sense. But then why didn't we also suggest that, like, pickles could last in your stomach for seven years? Because they're preserved just naturally, right? Yeah, good idea. Yeah, I don't don't know. I've never heard, uh, don't eat pickles. That'll be in your stomach for seven years. That's a good idea. All that vinegar sitting around in there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also interesting to me. Okay, so, like, thinking about that, thinking about... how we view pickles and other, I mean, not all pickles, obviously, but naturally fermented uh, pickles, or I guess pickled pickles, eh, sometimes fermented, uh, and, and other things that are fermented, right, like uh, kimchi, uh, as being healthful for us now. So why wouldn't we be doing this with, with cherries? Why, Like, there must be somebody doing this with cherries, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Lou, this was your question. Until you asked me if if a maraschino cherry could stick around for seven years, I had never heard that rumor before. Really? No. Yeah, you're the first person who's ever mentioned it. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, maybe I just had, maybe maybe my parents confused bubble gum with maraschino cherries. <laughs> so, yeah, one thing is the sugar. So we talked about that. So a, a typical cherry is going to have less than a gram of sugar per cherry, whereas oh. most of your maraschino cherries are more like three grams or more for every one of those cocktail cherries. So that could be a reason of when your parents don't want you eating them. But three grams of sugar isn't that much. Right. Per cherry, though. And so if you have one in your cocktail or on your ice cream, now on your ice cream, you're going to have plenty of other sugar. But if you're eating multiple cocktail <laughs> cherries, that could be a problem for the how much okay. sugar is in there. I think we just hit on the reason that I heard uh, that I shouldn't eat them is because like, I was eating through all of my parents' cocktail cherries, so they weren't able to have cocktails. Oh, okay. All right. There we Maybe go. That's, that's probably it. the reason. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like somebody should be doing some kind of lacto-fermented cherry, <laughs> right, but, for cocktails, because then you're going to have that same preservative effect, but it would be healthier. Is this Maybe this episode launches a whole line of lacto-fermented cherries and other garnishes for cocktails. Would that even taste good, though? I mean, like a pickled cherry sitting in your cocktail? Well, sure. I mean, there's the whole concept of the pickle back, right? Yeah, I, I get that. Sometimes even pickles are used in, in things like a, what is it? A, help me out here. It's a Bloody Mary. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Pl- yeah you're asking me to help you with a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. of course. And Bloody Marys. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, you, you're going to have tomato paste in there and, and all sorts of stuff. And some people get ridiculous with their Bloody Marys and start adding things like bacon to it. So you you essentially have a meal replacement at that point. <laughs> I got to tell you, so I was I was working, I, I won't name uh, the distillery because I think they'd get upset if I did, but I was hanging out with one of my friends at a distillery and uh, they were playing around with some different pachuga recipes 
Pachuga style recipes. And uh, with one of them, they were using uh, the uh, the pickle relish that you would use in on a um, uh, uh, on a Chicago hot dog. Mr. Pickles yeah. pickle relish, yeah. And uh, when they when they came out with a high proof, uh, in essence, uh, spirit distilled through the relish, they had to cut it down. And rather than cutting it down with water, they cut it down with the actual brine from the pickle relish, and it was awesome. Maybe I, personally, I don't like pickles, but yeah, if you love pickles and you want to have mezcal and pickles and you enjoy those two things together, I'm sure it would taste great. Mm. Okay, well, I guess the, I guess this is a very short episode because we don't have, unless we, we don't have any conclusion other than uh, it's not going to live in your stomach for seven years. Right, but there are other things. So, all right, so we talked <laughs> so, about you. You mentioned cheap uh, cocktail cherries versus good, high quality cocktail cherries. So, Luxardo is is of course the brand leader in yeah. the, the high end, but there are other brands out there. The biggest thing is you just want to look at what's in the package and the food and drug administration does regulate how maraschino cherries have to be labeled so if there is something that's added to it like a food coloring like red dye number 40 or red dye number three that has to be on the package whereas if you look at a cheap cocktail cherry usually the way it's made is first the manufacturer takes the cherries and they need to bleach it and so they add things like calcium chloride and sulfur dioxide and then they add color back to it did you say they need to bleach it what's the need yeah, so they want it. They want it to be that kind of neon red color, oh, oh, and, oh, oh. and a regular dark cherry is not going to do that naturally. So first they're going to bleach it, and then they're going to add red dye back to it, and then they're going to start adding other things like sugar to it. So there are lots of recipes online that you can find. Uh, I like the Jeff Lee Morgenthaler recipe. What you do is take some cherries from your grocery store. You have to remove the pits first, but then you're going to add brandy, amaretto, and Luxardo maraschino liqueur to it. And we can put the recipe in the show notes, but you just will, add will, those. Will Jeffrey, will Jeffrey sue us if we do that? Probably not. I don't think you can, uh, you can't copyright a recipe, particularly something that's this short. Okay. Yeah. We'll, so you just we'll take, take the, the risk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just, so you just take the three ingredients, you just add that to your jar of cherries and you just let it sit in the refrigerator. And, and there are other recipes out there that use things like vanilla and cinnamon allspice, anise, so whatever um, kind of spice packet you want to add to it. But essentially, you can make good-tasting cocktail cherries at home, or you can buy one of the high-end ones, and you're not going to have to worry about, do I have extra dyes added to it, or has this been bleached by by something like sulfur dioxide? So there are ways that you can get good cherries. You're not going to stick around in your stomach for seven years, but you can have better <laughs> better cherries in your cocktails. I like that. And, you know, this this is uh, like probably the dumbest question I've ever asked you, but has anybody ever died of red dye number 40 or red dye number three? I don't think so. I think the big worry from, from those two dyes is red dye number three was associated with some thyroid tumors in rats, and red dye number 40 in, in kids may be associated with hyperactivity, but I'm not aware of anyone who's died from it. Nobody's nobody sued uh, the, the maraschino company because uh, they got cancer and they blamed it on the cherries. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so take home message: eat good cocktail cherries and uh, drink cocktails made with good cocktail cherries. Yes. Okay. I think we'll call that one a wrap. Unless you got something else for that, Ryan. Sure. Thanks, Lou. Okay. Catch you next episode. 
You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you hear on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stretching capacity. And consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor, maybe Dr. Ryan Acock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip. Out.